You're listening to the AdCast with your host, Eric Elliott. You know what, Alex? Every time I intro the AdCast, I always say like special guests, but like, um, and I really mean it, but because everyone's special, but you've got some great, great stuff for us to go into today. And I want to welcome everyone to the AdCast. Also welcome my guest, Mr. Alex Kelly to the AdCast. Alex is the Director of Digital Marketing at Ciro's, and we're going to go into exactly what Ciro's does and the amazing brands that they've had the opportunity to partner with. And, you know, Alex, I'm jacked up to talk to you today. Um, I've been talking about technology and, and how much tech, technology is just going to change marketing um, more than it already has already. And we talked about that right before the start of it, you know. Uh, so I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and and tell people a little about you and Sarah's. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Um, so as you said, I'm the director of digital marketing at Saros. Um, So I essentially help uh, manage and oversee the, the part of the marketing team that is not uh, content and creative. So everything that's helping to drive new business campaigns, programs across digital demand gen, field marketing, customer marketing, and, and so forth. So um, it's an exciting, exciting place to be at a, at a company like ours. Uh, Saros mm-hmm. is a, is a really interesting company. So we, we essentially create technology solutions to help unlock your organization's creativity, um, mm. and empower marketing teams to create more interactive, engaging digital content at scale without necessarily having to work, um, you know, externally with an agency or a developer. Um, we provide a, a number of tools to help you both on the creation side, the collaboration side. Um, and it's, uh, it's a really exciting time for us. We just released um, a number of new products just uh, last week. It was a big week for us. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're really getting into the thick of it. Yeah. And I, I think uh, this, this must be a really like uh, a big time for you guys. This is like the Super Bowl because, you know, you know, five years ago, everyone felt like they had to have a human at the helm of everything. Uh, and and now you've seen how much technology is just kind of changed the way you, we market now. Do you do you see that as well, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we it's always great to still have the human at the helm, right? And we yep. we are we are still we, we create these technology solutions, and we use a number of technology solutions in the marketing mm-hmm. department um, to help augment that decision making and make sure that we're not um, you know wasting time on repetitive tasks that don't need to be, um, you know, managed day in, day out by an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the more that we can leverage the solutions that we have in play just to open up more time for big picture thinking, big problem solving, um, you know, to push the business forward uh, on a day-to-day basis, the better off mm-hmm. we're going to be. And, you know, our tools are really at the center of that, how the marketing team and the creative teams are interfacing with each other to, um, to solve really unique problems for their business with the content that they create. You know, the core of that being our, our studio, uh, which is, um, you know, very similar to other design solutions on the market today, but we add a number of different capabilities on top of that. You can add mm-hmm. interactions and animations, embed other kinds of media, publish oh, that content directly to the web. Um, so for us, it's really about how do we put more power into the hands of the designers and the creatives within your company to to do things that otherwise they would not have the capability to do um, and really help to push their business forward. So for us, it's, yeah, the, the technology is unlocking a lot of new 
capability and a lot of time uh, to to focus on these bigger picture problems. Dude, that's that's so interesting. Um, you, you know, like now uh, when there was all all this talk about like technology and then you know AI, and I, I'd love to get your opinion on things like that. You know, a little later, but you know, it's it's not like you're eliminating the human at all. So you're not. It's not like you're saying, okay, you know, get rid of your entire staff and just get our software. Like you, like you said, it's kind of helping people make better decisions and kind of bringing marketing and creatives together, which there's usually a huge disconnect between the two because the creative guy, creative guys want to create. They don't care about the marketing aspect of it. And the marketing guys, they just want to market, but they want great creative. Mm -hmm. There's so much dependency across both of those lines. You know, the way that we think about it, 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 the way we talk about it a lot is, marketing oftentimes will think about design as a production step, right? Mm. It's, we are planning out the content that we want to create. We're creating these documents with all of the copy ready to go packaged up. And then we kick that over to a designer and said, Hey, can you, can you make this look better (laughs) and slap our brand, (laughs) put our our logo on it, (laughs) design this, and then we'll push it out. Uh, Right. But what we have found to be far more successful and what we, what we essentially, um, bake into the mission of the company is how do you bring design and creative and really creativity into the actual strategy uh, from the earliest mm. parts of that process. So um, making sure that it's not just, you know, marketing deciding what we're going to be creating, but it's, you know, marketing and design and, you know, UX, if you have UX designers, it's, um, you know, whoever needs to be involved in that part of the, the discussion mm-hmm. to determine the overarching strategy of how you are going to engage that audience, what you're going to be creating, what are the objectives for that? And really, you know, what are you actually trying to accomplish in the moment? What do you want them to feel? Yeah. What do you want them to remember? What are the key things you want them to engage with? Designers are really uniquely positioned to help solve for those kinds of problems. So mm-hmm. if you get them involved earlier in the process, the end result of what you create is only going to be better for it. And, uh, you know, thinking about the actual creation process more collaboratively versus it being like really super linear around, great, you got copy, then wireframe, the design, and everything is just moving along the, the, you know, along the path without the opportunity to revise or to iterate upon an idea or to go deeper in certain areas or just to kick things around for a little bit longer to make sure right. that what you're actually putting out there is what is going to help you accomplish the ultimate goal. So it's not, it's not so like assembly line, like, like, you know, just move things. Yeah, along. exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, cause I, I think, I think that's kind of a detriment to marketing and creative right now when you kind of have the assembly line approach, you know, just let's just move things along, you know um, you know, how, how is it now with, with that process and being able to use that technology, how, how is it, can you still humanize things and, and does everything, I mean, I know you said like you can have your designers involved, but how do you do that and not make things seem so robotic and so automatic because it won't come across that way as authentic to an audience at all? Yeah. You know, I think that's, yes, you can for sure. And I I think what's important for us to remind ourselves as, especially as marketers, you know, when we think about our audience, we're often thinking about this segment, this generalized population that we know, all right, well, our ICP is you know, marketing titles of this, this, and this at organizations of this kind of size in this industry. So you're mm-hmm. using you know, demographic or firmographic information and you're building these, 
these profiles, these, these generalized segments that you know you're building into your ad platforms and so forth. But we have to make sure that we're always pushing it a layer deeper to think about what is the individual on the other end of this screen and what is the experience that they're expecting from you? You know, what mm. makes them unique in their decision-making in the way that they interact with the world and how can you account for that or at least keep it into, you know, take it into account as you're going through the creative process. Because as human beings, we care about a lot of different things other than, yes. you know, what kind of organization we work for. It's, there are very inherent conditions that make us who we are things like we have emotions and we have the exactly. ability to empathize with those around us um, based on our situations we constantly seek out understanding we're asking questions of the world around us and of the people around us and you know big things small things our place in the universe we have these mm. this this unyielding desire to know and to understand and to ask questions of you know, what is, what is going on around us. We also have this deep desire for connection and we are seeking out others that either think similarly to us or they um, have similar experiences or they just generally like the same things as we do. And we're building these small little communities and, you know, tribes of, uh, of folks that, um, you know, ha have these same sorts of thoughts or desires. And, we we constantly seek out that kind of connection, um, Make, making you know, people making people feel human. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah, we, we people feel human. We congregate into these little groups of of humans, but those groups, you know, they they might have varying definitions. You might be a part of yep. hundreds of these small little groups. You know, you love fantasy novels, and you want to engage with people that love the same things you love, or you love the same kind of music as someone else. And you go to concerts with a totally different group of people and you're engaged in just whatever that activity is. And that permeates our lives everywhere in, in yeah. everything that we want to engage with. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not to mention that we, we, we are always looking for not just understanding, but you know, what's, what is the legacy that we are trying to build in our lives? And that doesn't always have to be, you know, when I'm long gone, what is the world going to remember about me? It can be as, you know, as, as localized as I am in this job at this company for however many years, and I am trying to do the best I can and be known as a great coworker or a great mm -hmm. person to, to work on certain projects with. And that's the legacy I want to leave when, you know, I, I move on to the next thing. Um, and inherently, we also have these just, you know, systems of ethics that dictate how we want to exist in the world and what we consider right and wrong and, right. you know, how we make decisions. And, you know, these are all things that are very different than the profiles we might look at in a list yeah. of, you know, modifiers in an ad platform. But, you know, you're not going to get that in a, in a targeting capability, but you can make sure that when you are creating an experience or creating content for that audience, that you're thinking about these things yeah. because all of those are just emotional states and, you know, things that they are going to help resonate with on a deeper level. So we always have to think about, all right, well, how, yes, I want to get this in front of the right profile, the right segment, but mm -hmm. I also want the human being on the other end of this screen to really deeply you want care about what I'm Exactly. And yeah. understand it and, and resonate with them and ultimately remember it after, you know, the 10 minutes they spend on your website or, or whatever the case is. So um, we have to think about the, the human being on the other end and, and, and go wow. you know, at least one or two layers deeper. 
Uh, you, you know, it's it's so funny you said that. I saw someone post something on social media, and they said, "Yeah, the interesting thing is there's algorithms telling us what we should like and what we shouldn't like now." Mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was so interesting. Like, but Alex, let me let me ask you this though. I mean, you're you're right about that about being able to humanize, you know, from the user experience I mean, from the for the user. But I mean, like, if someone is creating something like this, is there like some kind of checklist they need to make sure that they're doing or doing to to ensure that they're doing the right things you know before they kind of you know begin marketing saying like step one step two is there anything like that to help people yeah you know there's there's definitely things that are gonna help your decision making as you go through the process and you know maybe not a checklist in the conditional sense but it's these are the, the factors or areas that you really should make sure that you're at least considering as you go through. And that's really mm. what's going to help you craft a, a piece of content or an experience that has a good shot at getting at, you know, some of those, those human elements. Um, and, and the way we think about it is really there's, there's five key areas that, that you want to, you want to focus in on. Okay. Uh, and those five are empathy. Uh, number two is clarity. The number three is satisfaction. You know, how satisfied are we feeling with something? Number yeah. four is is uh, is delight. Are you engineering moments of surprise and delight through that experience? And number five, the maybe the most important is trust. Um, you know, how how much does that individual trust you as a source of information, and also that you're not going to you know mess with their personal information and their yeah you know, their data, not put them at risk. Um, and, and those five things I think are, are really good signposts as you are creating anything to think about and guide your decision-making because, mm-hmm. you know, starting with empathy, I mean, this is, this is really in everything that we do and, and how we interface with the world, but we want to think about as deeply as we can, you know, all those conditions that really make us human, yeah. how much can we understand who somebody is and what drives them and, and put ourselves in their shoes and make sure that we are thinking about how this experience is created for them, not, you know, for the not, masses, but not, for not for them, but not to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, Talk, right. You know, speak with somebody, not, you know, at them, right. right you want right. to, you want to, yeah. you want to make them a part of the experience and make it a conversation whenever possible. Um, but, you know, these are even base things like making sure the thing you're creating is, is useful and that it's usable, that they can actually access it, that it is something that is desirable and interesting to that individual that you're, you know, you're putting something familiar in front of them so that they don't have to, um, you know, be so outside of their, their, their norm or that you're building with accessibility in mind, things that are just going to make it usable for that, that other human being. And, And really you're just thinking as empathetically as you can, who is this this individual or this this you know am- amalgam of an individual and mm-hmm. you know what do they care about and and how do i make sure that those things are reflected and that the thing that we are putting out into the world has a base level of this is done with them in mind and this okay. is done from their point of view and then when you start to build from that foundation and you start to think about the copy and the design and the framework that you're putting onto this making sure that you are are being as succinct and as clear as possible, thinking about how you put a, a, a really uh, a layer of clarity on top of it. Yeah, as, that's as, the messaging. As consumers, you know, 
the worst thing that can happen to us is that we hit a web page and we have no idea what we're supposed to do. You know, no. there's, there's like 17 different decisions that we can make about what we interact with on screen. And uh, we have no idea. Maybe there's something below the fold, but there's no indication that you can actually scroll down. Like simple right. things that just determine the decisions that we're making in the moment around how we want to engage with this thing. So making sure that we have really clear, clean, you know, visual cues of here's what I want you to do next. Here's, here's how you interact with this, this, this interface, you know, making sure things are just legible and yeah. the typefaces aren't conflicting with each other. And you're not putting more and more blockers in front of somebody to just increase their cognitive load and just confuse them with a mess. Right. Cause you, you just want them to experience it. You want them to get through it. You want them to understand it and you want them to come away with at least some points of, you know, remembrance after the, after the experience. Alex, that's a, that's, you know, that's, those are two words. Uh, the two words you brought up and you, you said a lot in there was the empathy part that I think a lot of people forget about. And, and I think so, so many people are so self-serving or so many, there are a lot of brands, you know, not all of them that are self-serving and they don't really think about the experience. Yeah, exactly. You know? it and, is. and those are two important, two very important elements you just named. Yeah. I mean, that, that, those two things alone are going to get you a far, far away, right? Like mm -hmm. if you are, are thinking about them from their point of view and you're creating an experience that's that's clean and easy to use. And, you know, they, they're not overly confused about what you actually want them to, to interact with. Right. That gets you to a point of at least shared understanding and usability. Right. Uh, you know, what's going to make you memorable and what's going to, you know, trigger the pleasure centers of our, you know, human and slash lizard brain is, you know, things like how do you, how do you leave them with a feeling of satisfaction? How do you build these moments of surprise and delight into your content and using mm -hmm. things like, interactions or animations to highlight certain areas of your your experience to draw their eye to key areas or to emphasize moments that you want yeah. them to remember i mean we we as human beings we crave feeling that satisfaction we also want to be rewarded for doing a task we want to feel like we we, we need an attaboy we, we need an attaboy exactly. you know we if we if we accomplish something we, we complete a task we want to know it, right? We want, yes. it. we want some sort of response to that. So, you know, when we think about creating what, you know, more interactive content, what we're mm -hmm. really talking about is, you know, how do you give them some agency in how they consume the information? How do you mm. like, build something with a sense of exploration that is just going to trigger that, oh, you know, this is an area I'm interested in. I want to dig a little bit deeper. Maybe some of that content is layered in, you know, accordions or carousels or deep links to, you know, wow. other sections of this content. So you can spend five minutes scanning through something or it's like, oh, this topic is actually really interesting. I care about that. Let me dive deeper into that for the next 55 minutes. Yeah, but um, you, you, you got to have the empathy part, right? You got to break it down, right? You got to get those things to to make someone even go past that layer to say, I want to go further. It's, it's, I mean, that is core. That is the foundation wow. of it all. Um, We'll be right back with more of the AdCast after a word from our sponsor. So working with the craft crew from the get-go was very easy. Dealing with Eric right on the front end, I think it was Thanksgiving Day and he was emailing with me. Not that I expected him to return my emails. That's just the kind of service from the get-go that drew me to this company and ultimately led me to selecting this company. And then dealing with 
Terry and some of the other guys who were very professional, they walked me through the process of what this video production uh, procedure would be like. It was very helpful and very comforting knowing that I would be taken care of and guided through this process. And then when the film crew got here, they were on time, they were sharp, they knew what they were doing, everything was set up efficiently, and I'm impressed. When you open a business, you want to make sure that your presence is felt. Not just having your name on a billboard or having your name on the front of your building. You truthfully have to let everyone know that you're in business. So just because you go get your business license, that doesn't mean that the whole market's going to come running to you for your services. There's probably millions of you out there. So what are you doing to be loud and be noticed? You got to make your presence present. You deserve a very important place. You know, th there's, there's a really great example of this where um, I, I think it's in Asana, right? Like some of these project management tools where you are managing your day-to-day, -day, you're managing the work that you're accomplishing. And if you complete a task, you know, maybe this is the really important thing that's been on your to-do list for five days. And you finally, it's like, I'm checking this thing off my list. Yeah. And this unicorn and rainbow just shoot across the screen, this, <laughs> you know, response to, um, you accomplishing what you set out to accomplish, which is yeah. just the, the perfect example of building that satisfaction into the, into the experience, right? It's, there's a response there and that can be visual. It can be that kind of, you know, trigger or, or, um, or animation. It must be, you know, uh, audio. I mean, there, you think about mm. how do you like interact with every application on your phone? There's some sort of tactile, um, vibration whenever you're clicking on something but yep. oftentimes there's a there's a sound that triggers when you accomplish a certain action that just it just hits something in your 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 brain that just associates that sound there's there's a flood of you know endorphins or you know uh, some sort of chemicals in your brain and yeah. it starts to build this repeated motion and this this thing that you just you know, uh, you, you, you find a little bit of pleasure in your day, just accomplishing something, you know, you complete yes. your, your wordle in the morning or your, your crossword puzzle and something, you know, you know, fires off. So, that's, that makes me feel, you know, certain you, you bring up a great point. You bring up a great point. Um, you brought up Asana and I remember, uh, we are, we're, we'll talk about another brand that you guys are partnered with, uh, yeah. uh, a HubSpot, but like we used to use another platform and, and before we did the HubSpot and, Whenever you would get a task done, it would be like the little confetti that goes across. So I know exactly what you mean. And it's like, it is a sense of accomplishment, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's almost like that digital attaboy that you're getting. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is uh, if you if you work at a company, um, you know, startup where you have um, stock option grants, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you start to see your vesting schedule over those first couple of years, you get that that Carta email that just like, Hey, it's another month. You vested X number of shares and there's like confetti in the email. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a good feeling. You know, it's, it just keeps you coming back. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I want to, I want to dive into uh, a, a lot more of what Sirius does in, in your role there as well, too. I mean, because you guys work with um, some very recognizable brands, uh, AT&T, Condé Nast, you know, Red Bull, um, HubSpot, you know, just, just some of the 
the other names. So like, you know, like when people hear like Cirrus, like you guys are, uh, you're around, you're, you're, you're working with some serious brands uh, right now. I mean, how does part, how do partnerships like that work? Like specifically like one that you guys have like with HubSpot, you know, and those folks have been on the show before as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of different ways we, we are building these software solutions to help you accomplish you know, specific end goals. If we think about our, our studio product, mm-hmm. that is sort of our core, um, is that the, the main product up until about, you know, a week ago, and we're starting to layer on these additional, um, you know, creative tools around this ecosystem we're building, but mm-hmm. the studio is, is where all of this design and creation is happening. You're, we are working with organizations, essentially, you know, they're, entering into a, 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 you know, a subscription model for, for use of our studio. And mm-hmm. what they're able to do with that is design any kind of content that is, that they need to fuel their business. Um, and, and what's, what's really interesting to see, especially as you, you mentioned a, a lot of different brands in a, a lot of very different kinds of businesses. Yeah. But one yeah, thing that is incredibly common across these is that regardless of the end objective and regardless of the audience and regardless of the model, um, in large part, content is what is fueling those activities. There is some yes. endpoints, there is some story, there is some, um, you know, products that they are looking to build a story or content around, and they are looking to get that audience to not just, um, visit, but engage and consume and understand. And brands have a really hard time cutting through the noise in in an increasingly crowded digital space. Mm -hmm. You you think about all the competition that you have for your audience's attention. It is not just every one of my competitors is creating content and fueling the same kind of strategies as I am. I mean, you think about going back to HubSpot, the inbound marketing model of uh, content creation, organic traffic around social media, around building this awareness engine and bringing people through the content marketing funnel, more and more and more and more businesses are creating more and more and more and more content and distributing wow. across every channel. Yeah. And we're, we're all, we're all executing fairly similar playbooks in that regard. Right. And, and in, in a lot of cases, it's, it's more difficult for these companies to create something unique that is bespoke to them, that is that is really indicative of their brand and then the end objective of what they want somebody to actually do and, and engage with and understand. And if they are creating that content, it might be really resource intensive, or they might be working with an external agency to create these individual projects that are key moments in their customer journey. But they're yeah. not able to do that, that same sort of activity across every touch point across the entire journey because it is really difficult to do that so wow how do we put you know more power into the hands of the designers that are already working in these companies to not just create the you know the mock-up or the wireframes but they can just directly design in Saros, add all those types of um you know components on top of those interactions and animations on top and then just press a button and publish it to the web there we're we're trying to reduce that production workflow, or at least condense it in such a way that is putting more power into the hands of those individuals to create what they need, not be super prescriptive about what packaging that needs to look, you know, be in. Uh, And and organizations are creating everything from, you might even, you know, on on a landing page for this podcast, maybe Mm -hmm. all you had as an interactive element was a 
quote card from, you know, some snippet from this interview or, yeah. you know, an animated headshot of you or me. And um, that small little embed might have been created in Saros. All you've, the been, way you, you've been doing your homework on us, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> all the, all the, I mean, all the really, to, <laughs> you know, all the way up to, um, you know, full scale microsites for, for larger campaigns, things that you're looking to, to create hubs around or, um, you know, interactive eBooks, things that you're refactoring how you think about your, your conversions around, you know, your content marketing flow. Maybe you just get them into the experience and you let them engage with that. But, mm. um, the, the size and the constraint is not what is important, what is important is you have an audience, you have an objective, you have a story you're trying to tell, just put that in the best package possible for that particular end goal, right? So yeah. our, our partnership is either, you know, our customers are, are um, subscribing to use this, the studio in that sort of uh, sense. And, uh, or, you know, we have more traditional partnerships as well. And, and thinking about how do we extend the utility of you know, what we're able to do, or how do we really deepen the integration of Saros into your existing tech stack or, or, or workflow or whatever the right. case is. Where, so, where, where it becomes kind of very like natural for you to be able to use it. And so it's not like some, you know, uh, tech piece of tech that's off on some deserted island that you exactly. That yeah. yeah. You have to create this over here and then you have to recreate it over here. It's, yep. you know, you can import your you know, Adobe files directly in and we auto parse all that kind of stuff. Or in the case of HubSpot, which you mentioned before, you know, our integration allows you to just, as the designers designing, access your HubSpot forms directly in the studio and drag and drop that onto the canvas. And get out of you know, town. Sim simple things like that, that just improve the integration with the tools that you're already using uh, and allow you to, you know, both on the marketing and the design side, you know, just make sure that it's it's doing what it needs to do and that it, it fits squarely into the things that you're going to be using day in, day out. So, um, you know, that's that's really the key for us is is that sort of process. And then every tool that we add on top of that is really about how do we expand the usability of our products in the creative yeah. workflow? Um, you know, we have an, another tool that we, we launched um, almost two years ago, I want to say, uh, called Markup, which... Mm -hmm. Um, is really a visual commenting and collaboration tool. It, it allows you to um, up, essentially paste in any staged or development or live website URL or upload different file types, even supports video now. And, um, you know, we all know the, the process of collaborating with those around us to get a creative project done. It can be endless various email threads yeah, or slack I, I, conversations I, I, it's all over exactly the place, you know? yeah especially now the way business is now because there are a lot of teams that are remote yeah and yep. and you always get to that point where you think everybody's weighed in and then there's one more person or one yeah person. <laughs> there's one more <laughs> yeah yeah so how do you just centralize all that so that everybody has a visual cue of here's the piece of content or the experience and here's all of the comments on every element and it's all contextual and on, on the same page there's an audit log of all that stuff so if something changes and somebody's like hey why did you change that it's like well you asked me to change it a week ago and then here's yeah. here's the comment <laughs> you know so um Man. you know elements like that and it, it's really for us about how do we consistently provide um more of these kinds of solutions for really core problems to how mm -hmm. organizations are creating content and that's really the key of it is is this creation process well, I think it's fascinating too, because we talked earlier about like diff just different brands, like 
uh, you know, AT&T is not going up to, you know, they're, they're not targeting the Red Bull audience, you know, um, uh, or the Red Bull user. But just it, I think it's amazing on how that product can kind of work for almost any industry, you know, mm-hmm. where, where you truly are bringing together the, the designers and the creatives together to make a great message, you know, for the end user. Now, th- there's also another part of the tool that you guys have called uh, there's like a, a inspect and then there's chart blocks. You yeah. Know? So there's, tell me about the different parts of, of, of Cirrus and how these all come together. Cause I think the editing, the studio part is just fascinating to me. Yeah. So, um, chart blocks is, is an interesting one. It's, um, it's essentially an online, um, data visualization tool. Um, we had, mm. we'd integrated them into the business, um, a number of years ago. And, and really what, what our, our most recent or launch was, was, you know, how do we bring that further into the ecosystem, both from a branding perspective, but also um, or refine the flow of the product itself. It's fully free. There's no paid tier for that. You can just mm. go and um, you know upload a data set to to the the chart builder and choose your your different visualization types, and then take that chart and embed it where wherever you need it. So even um, wow. you know as you're creating editorial or blog content that requires some sort of um, data set to help build that story. You're able to just take that chart, embed it directly into your post, and and that data then is is centralized and hosted in in, in chart blocks. So if you update it, it updates where where the chart is, and um, wow. you know, simple things like that. And um, you know, inspect is uh, is uh, is an interesting one where it's it it's a little bit outside of what our studio product does. It's it's taking um, more of the creative process from from the context of how designers and developers are mm-hmm. are collaborating and saying, um, hey, you've got this Photoshop file or Illustrator, you know, this 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 mockup of a web page, and um, you can just upload that file, and then it spits back out a, a, a version of that that the, the the developer can use and figure out exactly, you know, what are the specifications for these different elements and the you know the code elements or blocks that that I can then use to directly start building this design and it just helps with the communication across those lines it helps with the collaboration and sort of cuts down on some of the 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 back and forth that you might typically find when when you're you're taking a design and then recreating that design in a different context Um, Mm -hmm. it's another another tool for that so it's a different part of that process but it's still important for designers who are working with so many different teams in their company they have stakeholders in in marketing who are have a lot of projects that have design yeah. needs. There's, you know, enablement, you know, projects they're probably working on. There's brand and web projects that they're working on. So they're working with developers and product managers and, and marketers and salespeople and all over the place. So how do we how do we start to build this ecosystem of tools in a centralized area or this 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 place for them to go and and get what they need to make that process easier or or just make it more more uh, more unified as they're creating what they need. Have you ever, I mean, there has to be like a success story you've heard off the top of your head where some brand just said, I love Ceros. I mean, we, we can't do our business without it. I mean, uh, without kind of, you know, calling them out or seeing who they are. I mean, is there a success story that you can think of top of mind? There's, there's, there's countless quotes that we'll get from, from customers, even, even just, um, you know, qualitative, uh, very simple things like, this thing has saved me so much time and yeah. uh, not even necessarily the impact of the content itself. But if you think about the process that organizations go through to create what they need, it might take 
weeks, months, a quarter wow. to create like one core asset to, to fuel their programs. And they're able to turn some of these things around in days, if not, you know, weeks and, and really reduce that, that timeline to, to production. And, um, you know, e even if you do think about the kinds of things that organizations are creating, I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's one example that comes to mind. There's an organization, um, they were heavily using Saros for their RFP process. So they were putting, um, they were refactoring their, their proposals that they were sending to, you know, prospective um, clients of theirs that used to be these, you know, 150 page PDFs oh, that they would send yes. over and it was yeah. ev everything they offered. And it was this, you know, monumental document for somebody to navigate through. And they refactored that into a, a Saros experience that was, you know, hosted on a dedicated URL for that client. It was personalized for some of the key things that they knew they were looking for. And it also allowed them to more easily navigate through the different offers or, or selections that they might, um, they might be able to, to build into this potential contract. Wow. And even just taking that one use case and really honing in on that one use case, they were able to skyrocket their win rates. And these are, you know, multi-million dollar deals that we're talking about. And they were able to, um, you know, significantly increase the number of deals that they were winning just from that one change, not changing their sales process necessarily, but just changing how they're presenting oh, man. the solutions. I, I um, believe it. I totally believe it. You know, and that's, that's one interaction, one part of a customer journey. And if you think about the countless interactions that somebody has with a business as they're deciding whether or not they want to buy from you, even from like initial awareness all the way to, yep. I am a diehard advocate for this brand and repeat buyer, and I'm going to buy mm -hmm. everything they put out there. Oh, yeah. um, you know, the majority of that is happening digitally. The majority of that is happening across your website and social channels and, you know, this and that and email. And, and there is so much of that research process that they're doing on their own before they ever speak to somebody. And every single one of those is an opportunity right. to think about what does that human being care about? How do I create the best experience possible for what they're looking to do? And how do I get that content to where it needs to be as efficiently as possible? And that's, that's really the goal. Uh, but you know, you got to start somewhere, which is, which is the key. No, that's totally right. I mean, like in, for the last two years, I mean, you know, COVID has changed a lot of how people do business. I mean, even, even us, I mean, we have a 5,000 square foot building and, you know, and this year, like our entire company went remote. Um, and, and the first thing that we worried about was the challenge of like our processes, like, you know, how do we communicate with the design team and everything else? So, this must be like a godsend for a lot of people when they went remote to be able to bring things together and also be a lot more efficient. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting. Um, a lot of organizations that knew, you know, you hear about digital transformation all the time and typically it's from this, this, um, you know, infrastructure and, and your data architecture and your, you know, the systems that are actually running your business at that mm -hmm. point of view but also a lot of organizations that were traditionally brick and mortar that were, were very reliant on hand-to-hand -hand and, and, and the face-to-face -face interaction mm -hmm. realized that the digital experiences that they had at their disposal when that was all they had to rely on were not really meeting the needs of the business. And they, they wow. had to figure out ways of delivering on the same types of expectation of, you know, how do we replicate wow. this experience, you know, think about event vendors and organizers, like everything went virtual. 
Um, but even just the simple um, traveling salesperson or, you know, brick and mortar, you know, commerce stores, there's, there's so much that had to get immediately translated to, to did, you know, digital and online interactions. And not everybody had the, the content and experiences to be able to actually yeah. fuel that kind of sale. Not everyone um, was ready for it. That, so, we, you know, sure. we found a lot of organizations were just very quickly realizing like, we need a new way to do this and we need a way to do it as efficiently as possible. And that, that was really where, where the narrative was over the last couple of years. Now it's, mm -hmm. you know, shifting more towards hybrid and, you know, it, certain things are, are going back somewhat to normal, but it's, um, that, that was a really big wake up call for a lot of organizations. Yeah, man. Well, how, how amazing, man. How, how amazing. Has there ever been like uh, any campaigns or brands where you would say, you'd look at it and just say like, I got the answer for you. It's serious. It's serious. <laughs> Have you ever been like, I mean, we've all been, you know, in a situation like that. We've looked at creative and said, oh my gosh, if they had just called me, it would have been better. You know, I mean, have you gone through something like that before? Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> marketer, you know, you just, you have your, your, your antenna up like all the time as yep. you're, we know how much we're you're just bombarded with on a day-to-day -day basis. How many messages and campaigns? Oh my gosh. I really remember like a fraction of them, but uh, every once in a while you see something you're like, we should talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I need to call this person. Yeah. How, how much do you think, uh, you know, you know, things like, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, how much digital marketing is you know, changing everything and, and technology, but how much has like social media changed everything? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, you, you see the trends happening with both platform usage and the, you know, the demographics of what platforms sort of rise and fall as, as time goes on. I think one of the more interesting, you know, elements there is you think about what's happening on like Google versus mm -hmm. what's happening on TikTok on the other end of the spectrum. And you've got, an entire audience whose default is not to go to Google for trusted sources of information. Oh, but they are going, they're going to their peers. They're going to people that are uh, creating content essentially around different topics and publishing it directly to their social networks. And, you know, you, you see some of the adaption on, on Google and how that's, that's affected, but, um, that, I mean, that I think is sort of the biggest, biggest wake up call for, for us as digital marketers is, mm -hmm. you know, how do you not be as reliant on some of the, the traditional sources of traffic that you've, you've had to rely on for, for quite some time. And these, these walled gardens and black boxes of, you're just trying to guess at what the algorithms are. But, um, now you think about the, the importance of, uh, community and word of mouth and where people are congregating and finding information directly from these these individual creators and and these you know quote unquote like trusted sources of information yeah. um for organizations of all types it's important to figure out how you how you start to to tap into that or or to amplify whatever whatever is needed for your your organization i mean we even beyond the the traditional social platforms, there's so much in um, these niche, you know, Slack communities for different audiences. And people are asking questions every day around, true. have you heard about this? What do you think about this 
software or this software. Yeah. I've got this problem. Does anybody have any recommendations? They're going to people before they go to search engines to find that kind of information. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and, and it's, uh, I, I wrote a blog on that same thing that, you know, uh, you know, the certain, there's certain generation more than, more than the older generation where they are uh, using social for search, you know, and who would have thunk it, you know, because you remember the phone book, you know, Google pretty much killed the phone book. And now it's like socials putting a dent into now we, we just called Google a traditional search, you know, <laughs> um, and which is which is interesting. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like, where will it be next year or in two years? And 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 I, I think it's really interesting, like with your with your platform and how you're almost like you're like, hey, we can help everybody. This platform can help everyone i mean are there any brands or specific areas that you've seen where it really excelled and they've really benefited from Cirrus? yeah we you know we work with organizations across you know countless sectors and and different sorts of industries and, and products you know where we see a lot of organizations creating certain kinds of content you know b2b technology companies who are really um you know, oftentimes at the forefront of you know, trying out different tactics and, you know, jumping on the, the latest solutions and, um, you know, maybe a little bit more willing to experiment, you know, they're, they're creating a lot of content to fuel their demand campaigns and, mm -hmm. you know, um, trying to improve the efficacy of how they generate, you know, leads and demand and pipeline for their organizations via content. Um, you know, also their, their products collateral. And, and, and that is actually pretty ubiquitous across a number of different segments. Um, mm. Manufacturing is one that's really interesting. There's really highly technical products and there's things that they need to showcase around how this actually works. And, um, you know, an interactive module that really dives deep into the nitty gritty of how a product works and what each component does is a great way to show that. Wow. Um, but, you know, we, we also work with a lot of uh, organizations in like, real estate who are, are, are trying to showcase more interactive walkthroughs of properties, both commercial and residential and, um, you know, healthcare organizations who are looking to create more um, engaging product collateral about, you know, new solutions in med device or pharmaceuticals or, you know, health systems that are looking to educate their audiences on, um, you know, various, uh, you know, needs or, or solutions that they offer in their hospital systems. Um, and also, you know, a huge sector for us is media and publishing, which is probably not a surprise, right? Like these, wow. these organizations that are looking to create content that is engaging to their audiences and keeps them engaged for longer, because that's what their model is based off of, uh, exactly. keeping eyeballs they engaged. Need that. They need that. And, and they're going to probably put out more content than, than the average brand. Cause they yeah, have exactly. To, you know? Wow, uh, man, uh, I'm blown away. So, you know, uh, Alex, tell people exactly how to find Cirrus and also look you up as well and contact you if that's all, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Cirrus, you can find us at uh, cirrus.com, C E R O S.com. Um, we've got actually a brand new website at a, as of last Tuesday, and I, I'm uh, looking at it, man. Lot, pretty sharp, man. Yeah. Pretty sharp, pretty sharp. Lot, a lot of information about, you know, our various products, studio, markup, um, chart blocks, inspect, editor, which is uh, which is forthcoming. And 
um, you know, there's there's a lot of information and, and inspirational content there. Our editorial property, Sarah's Inspires, really phenomenal. Um, and, and a lot of really cool stuff that the team has been creating there. And um, you can find me typically on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's uh, slash Alex John Kelly at the end. And, uh, you know, I'm the Alex Kelly that's connected to the Sarah's profile. And, um, you know, I'd love to connect with anybody and, you know, just talk more about this. This is, uh, this is super interesting to me. No, I, I think it's awesome, man. So, you know, Alex just gave you guys the website address. I think you should really go on, definitely check it out, uh, see some of the products that we've been talking about and also what people are saying in the community on the website. And, you know, he, he actually ate his own dog food. So if you go to the website, you'll see exactly what he means by having some empathy and how people actually uh, take a look at the platform. It's very, it's very inviting. I really like it too. So uh, I, I want to thank you, man, for being a guest, man. We really definitely have loved having you on. Um, thank you, Alex, for being a guest. We'll also, also thank uh, our video production company, Craft Creative, for being a sponsor of the podcast. And thank you to our listeners uh, for giving us their most valuable asset, which is their time. Uh, and speaking of time, use that time to go check out Sarah's uh, online, like what Alex just said. All right. This has been the AdCast. Alex, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Ton of fun. Hey guys, I'm back. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the AdCast. If you didn't, go online, give me a review and tell me how you want us to make it better for you. And if you did, give us a five-star rating anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. But I want to thank you for your most valuable asset. That's your time. And thank you for listening. Enjoy the AdCast and stay tuned for another hot episode coming up soon.